Plenty of time for Stroud. Directing receivers, flips it to the end zone, caught, touchdown! Marvin Harrison Jr. making a huge impact. Milton taking a shot downfield, he's got a man open, and it's into the arms of Squirrel White. Nix, pump fake, takes off, out of the clear, Bo Nix, there he goes, he won't be caught, he's done it again! What's going on everybody, this is Chris K, burning the red shirts, uh, making another appearance here with the second week of 10, doing conference previews, go figure, if we just put together like a little bit of a, a schedule of, of doing these, we become more consistent andrew so andrew sierra of course our special guest this time this week is from campus to canton uh chris moxley aka mox aka hawaiian shirt guy how's it going man it's going good i uh i'm really excited to join y'all i i am a uh loyal listener so i um i'm, ha- I'm now i'm happy to be behind the mic on, on one of my favorite shows did you um you, pulling back the curtain you said you you got you just got home from work. Did you do you get to wear rock the Hawaiian shirts to the office? Oh yeah. I do I get to? Nobody says anything, so I'm so yeah. I'm just taking that as a yes. Dude, be the change you want to see. I'm wearing shorts at the office uh, right now. No, that's even better. If I could wear yeah. shorts and a Hawaiian shirt, I would like I wouldn't even mind going to work. <laughs> shorts is very much pushing the limit. Are we talking we're talking khaki shorts or something, right? Like No, no, I athletic even shorts, taking... are you? Like mesh, but not gym shorts. But I have pushed it to the limit where I'll wear a bathing suit that kind of doubles as like, all right, these are like real shorts, but they're like so high quality that you can't even tell it's a bathing suit, but it's still a bathing suit. Is this like kind of like a Lululemon situation where you're just like, like they're fancy shorts? It's probably adjacent to that. It's, um, what's the name of the company? It's a uh, quiet, quiet surf quiet reef something like that quiet storm it's a like a, a short east coast short town type uh vibe kind of deal um but yeah high really high quality good brand very nice glad we could nail that down here before we got started <laughs> but uh to get into the meat of this talking sunbelt we talked big 10 last week if you didn't listen to it yet uh brandon uh brandon the champion our resident michigan state fan and expert did an awesome job just shooting the shit with us, talking different teams, and did a, a great job of going deep into Michigan State, but not like so much so that it would uh, maybe turn anybody off. So incredible job there. <laughs> Mox is here for uh, the Sun Belt for one big reason, being that I have a trouble with the Sun Belt. Like, I don't – some of these players feel made up. There's a lot of weird movements, and there's a lot of players, I think, that are just like the bet- battles are maybe not decided. Yeah. So would you say? Would you not? Would you? Could you make a cogent argument against the Sun Belt being the king of the G five at this point, especially with the teams uh, leaving the AAC this past year? I feel like they reign supreme amongst the G five uh, conferences. I think the top of the Sun Belt, like App State, Troy, South Alabama, uh, Coastal, that's pretty good. Not trio, whatever quad quad quadro quadrio. What a, that's definitely not right. Um, <laughs> what, <laughs> that's a pretty good roster. Like they can compete with some uh, a good chunk of like I don't know 
lower end power five programs, which is all you're really looking for from a, a high end G5 team. Yeah. Who is, uh, do you have a, a favorite Sunbelt team, Max? Um, I've always had a soft spot for Southern Miss. Um, I also really like Troy because I think John Summerall is like a genius. So, sure, I like I like those two um, a lot, and I I also like James Madison because I made money on them last year. So I'm not <laughs> yeah. I'm not good. I like I honestly I don't want to discriminate against any of the Sun Belt teams because I actually really like the conference. So you know they're all they're all like it's asking me which one's my favorite children. We're I, I agree. Um, what were you gonna say, Chris? I was just gonna say we're a little bit of a, a SMTT group here. Frank Gore and uh, was his head coach is Will Hall, right? Yeah. Uh, that guy is just like so in tune with his players and just literally finding the best way to win games. And he's run into a bunch of injury situations that have caused him to get super creative with Frank Gore specifically. So I think we've always latched on to how like kind of progressive and willing he is to kind of play to his best players. So we've always loved them. I lived a few years in Lafayette. So UL has been a team that I really have enjoyed over the years, uh, but they're, they're kind of fading, which we'll talk about here a little bit. Um, but yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I love the conference. I think that there's, they still have some, some uh, bottom feeders, but whereas within as up as recent up to as recently as like the last year or two, I think that there were a lot more hopeless schools and so, some of which are definitely starting to turn around. Um, so it wouldn't surprise me if by the end of the year we're looking at like a top four or five that P5 schools don't want to play, a good middle tier that is trending upward and scary for uh, anyone. And then, yeah, you're probably going to have a couple schools at the bottom that uh, aren't going to win more than a couple games, but that's, that's most conferences. I think you're forced when you're playing in a conference like this to take risks uh, that you can't take at power five programs in terms of like hiring coordinators or doing funky stuff with your offense. And so I think the Sun Belt specifically has really made a lot of those um, hires or like offensive scheme changes. And I think a lot of them have worked out or will, got, will work out really well. And so I think it's a very, a lot of the coaches in this, uh, conference currently like pretty smart dudes. So I'm excited to see how the next couple of years go. If, you know, re realignment doesn't totally screw everything right. up again. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. So leading into the conference conversation here, more specifically to like players and changes in terms of hires and stuff like that, Mox, what's maybe like the one thing this off season that's like, when it comes to a Sunbelt team, like what are you like the most interested out of one of these, what 10 or 12 teams in the conference? Is there anything that jumps out to you? Um, yeah, I, so there's so much change at the quarterback position across the entire conference, basically like very few returning starters. There's Grayson McCall, there's Darren Granger outside of those two, like Carter Bradley, I guess at uh, South Alabama and, um, Gunnar Watson at Troy, but like, it's a pretty heavy turnover conference. So I want to see how a lot of these offenses are operating. Um, one that really stands out to me though, if I'm going to get specific is what is it? We're just talking about Louisiana. I'm really interested to see what Louisiana does on offense, because I think they have a quarterback who could be like really, really good. I just don't know if they're going to actually go that direction. That's, so, that's my, my question. Can I, so that I want to spend way too much time talking about that team cut from a bunch of different Perfect. angles. 
I love Wildritz as well. I assume that's who you're talking about. No, I'm talking about their uh, their third string guy, who <laughs> Zeon Chris. So Woolridge and Fields were both out all spring. Um, yeah. Chris takes the all the first team reps, and he plays on both sides of the offense in the spring game. <laughs> he he's like a legit track athlete. He ran the 200 meter. He ran the 400 meter relay. He's four four speed. He has a state javelin record, or at least had it for a period of time. Um, excellent arm. 6'2", 210. I really like the kid. Like, I think he's super athletic and he has a nice arm. Like, I think he's the best quarterback on that roster. And he made legit steps in spring. So, I don't know if they'll go to him to start the year because I think they're going to go with Woolridge, who they sh probably should. It's just, I really like Zeon Chris. I think he could be really good. And he's only a uh, retro freshman. So, like, this is only his second year. So, it might be a year three guy. But he's a player who I think is really, really interesting. You are potentially saving me from lighting money on fire because I am. I spent about an hour staring at the ceiling in my bedroom last night before I fell asleep, trying to figure out why I shouldn't or which of these two options is the better bet the under six and a half wins at like plus 135 or the under seven and a half at minus 122. With the idea being, I so I didn't know anything about this dude, Chris. Um, I hit up Nikki and Allen about it a little bit as well. And he mentioned him, but Woldridge, like his, a he ripped his ACL to shreds down the stretch last year. And he's not just out for the spring. Like the latest article I saw um, at the end of the spring is that they expect him to be out into the 2023 season. Fortunately, they have like the softest possible landing to start from a schedule perspective. So like I, my thought process though, was that, okay. That um, they like, I don't, not knowing anything about Chris, I expected there, and just knowing how Chandler Fields plays football, um, I expected the quarterback product to be awful if Woldridge didn't start, and maybe they drop one of these cupcakes that they open with, and then they have a tough time getting the seven or eight games when the schedule kicks up. They really lucked out from a schedule perspective uh, yeah. this year. So, in, like, eight wins seems like a lot, and I don't have a ton of faith in the coaching staff, um, but... I don't know. I could just see them finding a way to not lose five games without schedule. The Yeah, so I don't know what Chris is going to be from a can-he-win-you-football-games perspective. I'm more interested. Basically, he was described as a better, more athletic um, guy. What was his name? The, the quarterback that was there forever with Napier. Levi Lewis. Levi Lewis. More athletic, better arm, Levi Lewis. Like That's an interesting player to me. And so I don't know if he can win games, but I do think he's fun. Yeah, I, I would take the under on their win total, though, because I think this defense is going to be terrible. Um, they use they lose what's his name? Zion Hill Green, um, Jordan Kibideau, who are like both high end uh, creators of pressure. And, and so I think like Kibido had like a 20 or like 25 percent pressure rate. And that's pretty crazy. I don't think they're going to be able to get back after the quarterback. So I, I just don't like this defense. So they're going to be put in heavy passing situations. and That's not what Desmaro wants to do at all. So I would take the under if we're actually talking like win totals here. Yeah. I didn't really see anything. So Demero, I, I assume that's, you said something like that. The idea was that it's just like a succession chain going from Napier to him, right? Same kind of thing. Like he, you know, he wants to do the Napier like program building type thing. And every, it just seemed like everything last year outside of Wildred's finally getting on the field and looking confident. Everything outside of that was just worse than the year before. So Pretty I just much. kind of, 
I just expected that, expect that more or less to continue with this team. Yeah, I, I have no idea what to expect in offense. They lose so many key pieces. Like, yeah, you want to like Michael Jefferson's a tough loss, even if he's not like an amazing receiver. Um, like Chris Smith had been there forever. I think they have interesting players, but like, but it's just so. This is like this is the most unsexy team. It kind of feels like, <laughs> like I really like Zion Chris at quarterback. And I actually think Draylon Washington at running back is pretty interesting too. Like he's 220 and runs a 10, eight hundred meter. Like that's really fast for a guy who's that size. No idea though, if they're get, any of that's going to work. They're just athletes. And I don't know if they can actually play football, but yeah, I don't know. Their, their team definitely is interesting. Like Peter LeBlanc's been there forever at receiver and he's just kind of, we know what he he's is. Not still there. I think he is. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Lance Legendre, the uh, Maryland transfer that used to be a quarterback. And uh, I think I had that right. And now he plays receiver. So like when those yeah. are your top two guys, it's not necessarily the best. It's not the best thing. Um, and I don't think they have like a running back or running back room that's like good enough to carry them. You know, like previous yeah. years, it was like random guy at receiver, Levi Lewis, just don't mess this up. And like, they just used maybe a great defense mixed with, you know, opportune play calling and just pounding the rock to win games. And that just doesn't feel like that's anywhere possible this year. I, yeah, I, I don't think so. Um, I guess like, it depends how deep of a league you're in, right? Neil Johnson at tight end might be interesting, right? He was second on the team in routes run last year. I have no idea if he's any good though. He's been there for like five years and I don't think he's had more than like 230 yards once, but he's a top leading returning receiver. I, like, I, I don't know like what his, I don't know what this offense is going to look like and I don't think it's going to be good. Yeah. Really at all. I don't like, I never really liked the Desmond promotion to begin with. I mean, he was an RB coach. I guess he was just with the program and had been for a long time. I guess he played there probably too. Knowing his last name, but I'm just, right. I'm, just <laughs> I'm just guessing. Yeah. Uh, he played at one of the Louisiana schools, I'm sure. Yes. Andrew, is there a? Uh, it sounded like Louisiana was atop your list of interesting offseason teams to watch here. But like any battles or players of interest that have piqued your interest this offseason behind besides them? We're moving. On. We're we're permission to move on from Louisiana. Um, well, we're in round ten right now of best ball draft right and Hornsby's still on the board are you going to take him with your next pick I wasn't I wasn't planning on it no but that's not really we're also scared off of TJ by TJ Finley right I guess my monologue last week or a couple weeks ago about him being able to or the the OC be able to just kind of project creativity through him and get a, a minimum level of competency and control relative to what uh, Hornsby offers. Maybe that uh, is scaring everyone off. But, I mean, that is the one of the most – we're all excited to see what te- Texas State potentially is going to look like this year, right, with G.J. Kenny uh, coming over um, and instilling some life, hopefully, into San, San Marcos, uh, being at Incarnate Ward uh, and just throwing the, the rock all over the place, scoring tons of points. Let's do it up in the Sun Belt. That's the idea. Um, where, where are you guys at? You think it's going to happen year one, or you think it's going to take a, a year, year or two before we start to see fun stuff down there? I wouldn't be surprised if it's year one. And I'm, yeah. it's not that I'm against taking Hornsby here in the tenth. I just just spent picks on quarterbacks, and I wanted to try to look at something else. Like, so I'm not against it. I'm not. I told you this weeks ago. Like, I'm not worried about Finley. I've seen him play plenty. <laughs> um, 
I wouldn't be surprised if if the offense hits immediately. I think some of these like other disciples that have moved on to other places have all gone to P5 locations like Texas Tech, you know, Washington State situations, mm-hmm. these kind of Arbuckle type guys. They just have gone to more competition than like, you know, than they were what they were used to. So year one production shouldn't have shocked me. So, but Hornsby in that offense, they have Ashton Hawkins. Uh, it seems like a decent group of players, generally speaking. Like, I don't, if he's any good, I wouldn't be surprised if he just goes crazy this season. Yeah, it's going to be all or nothing, right? I don't even know if Hornsby's good. Like, I, <laughs> like, I, this dude looks like Slender Man. He's like 180, he's 6'2. I, I don't, I don't want to say he can't hold up for a full season because that, that's stupid. And we've seen him play and, like stay relatively healthy. He just doesn't really get in because KJ Jefferson, but like, I don't know how good he actually is. I'm not worried about TJ Finley at all. Like TJ Finley is not an FBS quarterback. He just isn't. I'm not even sure he's like an FCS quarterback. He might be a D2 quarterback. He's terrible. <laughs> I'm not worried about him. If he starts over Malik Hornsby, then Malik Hornsby has got to be just like the worst quarterback in the world. Right. Um, I just like, I think there's a certain level of risk that I'm not comfortable with drafting Hornsby. Like I just took Queen Eris, but I really like Queen Eris over, Hornsby and like Hornsby was on my in my queue, but it wasn't really that high. Like if he makes it back around, maybe I'll consider him. But I, like yeah. I, I, yeah, I, I probably won't. I just they weren't that hype about him in spring. They weren't like, oh my gosh, this dude's amazing. Yeah. It was it was pretty muted stuff. And I really like this offense. I don't know if they're a year away though. That's my concern, right? You bring up Kenny, you bring up um, Mac Leftwich. And you like basically do the whole Western Kentucky thing, which is take the whole offense, transplant it. But you're not bringing the quarterback, the wide receivers, all of that. Like all of them are essentially out of eligibility now. So I don't know. I don't know. Right, that was the thing. They did they bring like three O line guys with them? I think they brought the entire offensive line, didn't they? I think that's what Ethan had said once to us in Slack. They only brought they only brought in (laughs) they brought in nine offensive line transfers this year. (laughs) <laughs> so yeah they probably brought in the whole but i mean they did, they have no returning offensive lineman production from last year so like they absolutely needed it too and a bunch of dudes transferred out of the program i think they only have like four guys who were actually on the roster last year that are playing or that return so yeah i i would that wouldn't surprise me i have honestly no idea what to expect and i think him like hatcher or hatcher hornsby going in the double digit rounds is probably accurate versus where he was going. I think he was going like top five, not that long ago. And I, I that was just too rich for me. Yeah. Well, I I just took him in a C2C league, uh, like a supplemental draft in the third, in the third, I think as well. Like, and I felt okay doing that just because of the format, but I don't know. There's risk there. There's also just like a shit ton of upside. So I'm not going to like, yeah, too is super interesting and you don't actually have to be good right to be a great that's true quarterback so you know this is like my kind of thing with robbie ashford to an extent i think peyton thorne is way better than finley which is saying something but like you know they're not good passers and that's totally fine as long as the offense schemes correctly and finds finds ways to make the passing game somewhat relevant right like so as long as that can happen then you have a shot at productive offense and a really good season because rushing yards and rushing touchdowns can wipe away, you know, make 180 passing yard game look great. So I know, Horn. I mean, do you want to defend Hornsby one last time, Andrew, or do you have a new take on it weeks later? No, the two 
if I recall correctly, our two main samples for judging him are most of a game against Mississippi State where he only, like, you look at it, it was one of those stat lines where he was like eight for 20 for like 263 and two and a good rushing output as well. And then we were all hyped going into the next week when he was going to start against LSU and the game conditions were a nightmare and LSU's defense is flying all over the place. He's not able to do anything on the ground. They get, that was like, it was a game with like a 70 or high 60s over under ended at halftime. He's like three, nothing. He, get, he gets pulled for the UNC kid. I feel like that for lots of reasons, like trying to judge him in that game probably isn't a great idea, especially considering he's not going to be running away from LSU kids uh, when he's uh, playing in most of those, those Sunbelt games. So his greatest strength will probably be more of a strength than we saw it play out on the field in 2022. Um, I mean, the, it's just that the question of his arm, right? And I, I mean, I won't pretend to be like a, 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 a an expert when it comes to stuff like that, but I've seen a lot of a lot worse throwing quarterbacks find fantasy football success and his dude watching that dude run is fucking it, it's awesome like it, it's not just like straight line speed like he looks like he could just fucking get, like make anyone miss and get by anyone and yeah yeah the 180 uh pound thing's definitely like he's one hit away all the time but he it could be awesome his upside this year is essentially what we saw out of Dorit king not that long ago and like i'm just thinking like the kendall briles thing in the back of my head a little bit, but that's what you're hoping for, right? A guy that could post like massive rushing numbers and then just get schemed up to the point where he's going to have quarterback production. Like you're not relying on him to actually complete difficult throws. Like everything should be wide open for him. And I think that's possible. Like I think this is a really good coaching staff. I just don't necessarily know. It's, I just don't know if it's going to happen year one. I actually like believe in this group. They're definitely an upgrade over Jake Spadaval. I just don't necessarily know if they uh, when it's going to happen. But maybe maybe it's Hornsby. I, I will be. I have him a couple places. I'll be happy for those teams. Same, same, same. So speaking of quarterbacks that are one hit away, Davis Brandon Georgia Southern <laughs> is that the is that the best? Or are they have to be the best offense coming into the season, right? They are stacked at receiver. They return. I mean, they're Davis Brandon has been playing quarterback for many years. Jalen White returns. I thought O.J. Arnold was decent enough as like an RB2 type. This feels like a the best, most rounded offense. Am I correct, do you think, in saying that, Mox, or is there somebody else? No, I th- I mean, I think this is going to be the best offense in, in the Sun Belt. Um, Davis Britton is better than Kyle Van Trees, and Kyle Van Trees threw for like 4,300 yards and 27 touchdowns on like 40, what, 47 attempts per game. Like I'm like Brent is a better player than Mantrice is. So and assuming we get healthy starts out of Burgess and Hood to start the year, I, I think Hood tore his ACL a little bit late. And I don't know when that's gonna he's gonna be totally healthy. But I'm expecting them to be pretty much hundred percent. And then we have uh your boy JJ McAfee, who um <laughs> who I really like as well. Like I, I've definitely come around on on him. Um I think you have a good trio there of pass catchers. And Jalen White catches passes too, so it's not like he's not involved in that at all. Um, you just now now you're missing uh, Jeremy Singleton, you're missing Amari Jones. Like the, that opens up space for someone to step in, and those weren't huge producers or contributors. They they also brought in two Power Five guys and Queeley and uh, Jalen yeah. Barden. Now 
you know, the, I would argue they're probably not going to do anything, and that's totally fine. But like, we, nobody knew who Derwin Burgess was until you know he popped no, off. Until Mox tweeted about him. Until Mox tweeted about him, right? Like, so it's there are guy. random guys that you know Caleb Hood wasn't anything crazy until he started playing on the field, and we saw what he could do. So they got it's a it's shockingly a packed room, which is what two years ago or three years ago they were running triple option, which is just absolutely insane to think about. They went from. I'm not even going to remember who the head coach was before like a decade ago. And they shifted it away from the triple option and it didn't work. And people in Statesboro were pissed off. And so they went back to the triple option, didn't work. And then they go back to the air raid. Um, But it's working. Like Clay Helton's there for what? Another year, another two years. And then he's gone again. Like he'll get into their power five job. It's obviously working. Like I liked his hire that he made last year, like bringing the WKU dudes and like spread that around. Why? Why not? Ellis is gone after this year, right? For sure. Yeah, I, mean, I was surprised he didn't get yeah uh, move on after this one. But I would, I would have rather hired him than Eric Morris at North Texas. That's maybe a different yeah. discussion, but like I think he's a better dude running the same system, essentially the same system. Yeah. Um, so I think I'm sorry, I didn't let you talk about Burn Sanity. My bad. Yeah, 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 yeah. We have we have what two hours uh, here, so but. This this Bryn transferring to Georgia Southern was this year's like Plumley going to UCF. Where as soon as they hit the portal, I feel like it, I the immediate thought was out of all 131 schools, this is the one spot I want this dude to go, and it actually happened. Um, like it, you couldn't dream of a better uh, fit player to team, team to player. Like it, if he just stays healthy, it's gonna it's gonna be amazing. Yeah, and hence the one hit away. Because I mean, he yeah. showed last year that he had some potential on a you know high volume they, they were, attack. He was leading. I feel like he was leading the nation in passing yeah. yards per game until his, his shoulder got ripped up. I think he was a top ten quarterback for like the first five weeks or first five yeah. games, something like that. And then obviously things happened, and then he was never the same. Um, yeah. When I made the the bold comment potentially of like Georgia Southern being the best offense, immediately there was doubt in the back of my head because Coastal Carolina brings back a ton of players as well as maybe one of your favorites. It just is a different offensive coordinator, you know, offensive potential situation with Chadwell gone. Max or uh, Mox, you did seem to not like that comment just by the shaking of the head. What are your coastal Carolina thoughts? I just don't like Tim Beck. Who's their head coach now. Like I just, I, I didn't like him at North Carolina state. I didn't think he was a good offensive coordinator, but I also in the back of my mind, I'm wondering how much of that was like Dave Doran just, neutering everything and that may just be the case because that's who dave dorn is um i do really like the travis trickett hire though and so like i'm a little bit torn because i think he did a really good job at usf like that team was terrible had very little going for them in the quarterback position and still managed to be like 44th in epa per play like that's pretty impressive regardless of who you are i like the tools they have there like the players are pretty good like pink and jared brown are both good receivers i think Braden bennett bounces back so like the offense structure is probably all right i the biggest concern that i essentially have is like what does the offensive line look like because they're losing will lampkin who's their center um had i think he was the like an all sunbelt first team like three years in a row four years in a row or something like he's been there forever he's really really good center but he's like 511 um super weird he's like 300 pounds very very weird proportion guy that's the way the coastal line works right like in in the covid year every time coastal was on tv they would talk about how 
the linemen are like 50 pounds undersized or whatever. Yeah, it it's super weird. But they use they lose him and they lose Antoine Loper, who are were their two best linemen last year. And so I I want this defense is gonna be horrendous again. Um, so that might help just offensive production even more. I hate their off defense coordinator higher. I think Craig Navier is a stupid decision, but here nor there, there is potential. I just don't like the head coach. Do you think just so the returning production on O line, whatever the numbers say, but switching systems and have having recruited like it was Chadwell just recruiting more of like these other Scott undersized O linemen for his system? And does that now present even a bigger problem with the, sh- the switching systems and personnel on the O line not fitting the new system? You would think so, right? Like, yeah. It, so Lampkin's good enough to start at UNC, which is where he transferred to. So like he okay. he's kind of like a special case because I think he's one of the better centers at the group of five level. But like the rest of the the team isn't that good. They just work really together well together as a unit in that offense. Now you're bringing Travis Stricker, who runs a total like you said totally different system. Like w- Willie Corn leaves. Willie Corn is essentially Jamie Chadwell's like protege. This is where do you go? Uh, I think he joined Chadwell at Liberty. Um, so I just, I, man, like this could be a rough year one because the person, so like you said, the personnel isn't there. How much so do you, because like, all the skill talent is back. Um, Everybody's back. It, yeah. We have one of the best college football quarterbacks, you know, of the last few years in Grace McCall there. I mean, obviously in terms of efficiency and numbers, I, you know, if they, if coastal Carolina wasn't breaking off like 60 yard touchdown runs and, like random trick plays without like that with Chadwell. I wonder what we could have gotten out of McCall with those. Years where are you in that? Volume uh, was yeah. insane. Where Mox? Where are you in the the argument of is McCall a product of the system or is McCall's efficiency because he's an amazing quarterback? Seventy percent system, thirty percent quarterback. Okay. Like, is that a fair I answer? I yeah. think I'm the opposite, but I just don't, I, I just. I just don't know that he, I mean, his efficiency is insane, right? Like he, his 2021 season was like the most efficient season of all time. I, I think when you look at um, like, depending what efficiency metric you look at, it's like, obviously he's good enough to do that. Just that, that option offense is so funky that I just, I don't know. It's like, I, I still have the same question about Sam Hartman, what he's going to do for Notre Dame this year though. Yeah. Like I, I still think he's par- probably somewhat of a product of the slow mesh, but I think he's a better um, like system agnostic fit than I think McCall would be elsewhere. Right, we're going to find out with both guys though. So that's fun. Yeah. I really, really wonder what, I think you make a great point, Mox, like the pieces are there, but what actually is this offense? You know, McCall has been around a, a long time. Is it possible that, you know, a head coach is smart and says, Hey, like, let's play to your strength. Let's play to like what you've been doing type of thing. And so does that mean we don't quite see a, a big drop off and, you know, typical offensive plays and, and calling. So well, that'll be a fun one to see because they they have a ton of dudes and Braden Bennett. Have you drafted Braden Bennett at all, Andrew? I've been looking for an excuse to, and I'll get there soon, I think, but it hasn't happened quite yet. Yeah. he. W- I saw, I'm pretty sure he was voted like third team all conference in like Athlon or something. I don't know if that's like a voting or some, or if it's just like some truther truth like me just putting his name there. Um, but I mean, you could dream, right, on the the athleticism translating. But, the, I mean, the problem is, one of the problems is, like, outside of 
last year, all the injury garbage that he dealt with, and then Chadwell checking out that in the stretch, presumably. What what better fit for him could possibly exist than the way that their system traditionally operated uh, to getting him the ball in space, both running and catching? Like I don't know, I don't know how you can util- project him to be utilized better than how we've seen him used to date, um, just from a scheme perspective. But like. He has amazing gifts, and I, I mean, I would love to just see him get ten to twelve touches. Like it could be enough to translate to some boom weeks. Max, give him, cheer him up a little bit. Give him one good reason why <laughs> Bennett is worth a late pick. Oh, I just think he's a really good player. Like I think he's a system agnostic type guy too. Um, last year is basically just a write off. Like I'm just ignoring everything that happened last year injuries to start the year and then like the whole situation that you were outlining with Jamie Chadwell just being like checked out. Um, the offense was, ter- the offense was terrible. McCall was hurt. The defense was terrible. They would go down like 30 points and just quit kind of like it was, it was bad. And I'm not sure he wanted to come back in, in that, in that either. And what you say, what you want about him being like a gamer or whatnot, but like if you're a player, you probably want, don't want to come back in those sorts of situations. So, I am in, so I have teams where I could have cut him and I did not. I have not drafted him yet this offseason, though. So that is, but I'm probably going to. I'm probably going to draft fair. him in one of our best balls. Yeah, we, I feel the same way. It's fair. It's early in the season. We still got about 25 best ball drafts <laughs> left. So we'll get there. That's true. So one of maybe the most intriguing hires or changes in this conference, uh, Old Dominion, they bring over the guy from Fordham, right? And they went crazy uh, the last few years with their different uh, offensive metrics. We we would all agree that this is a year one work through issues and year two we see potential. Or do you think right now, Mox or, or Andrew, do you think right now there's a guy on that team that's 100% worth drafting in, in all sorts of formats? Besides J- Javon Harvey? Because like, I think he's the only guy. And I think he's worth an early pick, too. Why is he the guy that uh, is projected to ascend? Uh, he operates in the Jalen Hyatt role. This offense is essentially what Baylor slash Josh Heupel's is. And so like, okay. I think he gets schemed up that way. That is the assumption that I have been making. Any second in returning production, like all that, like yeah, he was heavily utilized. Too. Yeah. I, I think he might, might have been MVP or of the spring or something mm-hmm. like that. I don't know. But there's nobody really else that I'm all that concerned about either. Like who's going to actually step into the wide receiver two roles could be Jordan Bly, who used to be a DB. Like, I like I don't know. I really like Harvey, and I just like the system because I think the system is essentially Tennessee's, Baylor's, Bryles, whatever, whoever you want to give current credit to. But I like even if the quarterback plays bad, like Hayden Wolf played terrible last year. Like, what? Like, what? <laughs> Holly Jennings was fine for the most part. Like, what? I, I and yeah. it's even more narrow target share. I mean, 41% of it is gone between Watson, Jennings, and Koontz. Like, there's a lot of opportunity there. So I, I'm drafting Javon Harvey, and I'm drafting him within probably the top 15 rounds. And I've done so. QB, I feel like I heard Nate and maybe it was you talking about their QB room before Wolf transferred out. And my recollection is that the only other quarterback on the roster is some backup from Fordham that they brought over. It's, they haven't brought anyone else in since Wolf dipped out, right? They, not that I know, but they have Jack Shields there, who's like been with the program. But like, I, I don't think he's any good. I, he's any good either. 
<laughs> like I would put my if I was if it was me, I would put my money on Grant Wilson starting because he has the familiarity with the system. But like the Fordham guy, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, they also like the, the quarterback that was was there was like Tim Demora, and like he he was like what a three time all FBS quarterback. So like he was a really good quarterback. Like I, does that say more about him or Grant Wilson? I I don't know. Um, I'm also not like the, the old Dominion expert, so I could be totally reading this situation wrong, and Justice is going to come at me yeah, and, he's, in the DMs. Yeah, Mox has immediately realized, wait, if I say something wrong, Justice is going to take oh, it yeah. up in, in, in DMs <laughs> and Slack. So uh, here's a little bit of a trivia question. Jordan Bly, related to Dre Bly or not? Do you guys I know who he, Dre Bly is? I think he is. Yeah. I think he's his son, right? You know who Dre, Dre Bly's nephew is, right? He was just picked in the draft by the Colts in the third round, and he was a wide receiver who went to UNC. Josh Downs. Yeah. Wow, that's a one heck of a family. Yeah, that is Dre Bly's kid. I just looked it up. I know that uh, you know all the different Campus to Canton podcasts that I listen to, and all the different guys I listen to there. They like to make people related to others that aren't. So shout out, <laughs> shout out all those guys. But yes, there is a relation here. So. Uh, very cool. You know, it makes me. We're gonna really quickly off the beaten path. Mox, you, you mentioned FCS transfer. I'm sorry, Andrew, you mentioned FCS transfer quarterback. Do we think Tony is Tony Muskets the UVA guy, right? Like, which which guy. which FCS transfer quarterback would you prefer, or do you have absolutely no idea about either of them? I don't think it's gonna be Tony Musket at Virginia. I think it's gonna be the dude who plays baseball. Yeah, Wolfork. Jay Wolfork. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be Musket. Musket was kind of terrible in spring. Although I'm really bummed about it because, like, what a great quarterback name. But I think it's going to be <laughs> Wolfert. He just, he, like, I think they had a game or they had, like, a some sort of baseball thing going on so we didn't play in the spring game. But, like, he would have been the quarterback one. It's like, I think I want to take. I, I also, even if, even if Wolfert is the quarterback one and I don't know, or even if Musk is quarterback one and I don't know for sure that Grant Wilson's starting at, ODU, I'm probably gonna take Grant Wilson anyway because I have very little faith in this Virginia offense to do anything. That that is like a burning of a roster spot. Yeah, the gotcha. ACC preview pod will just be tearing apart UVA for 40 minutes. Yeah, and it won't even be uh, driven by me. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, who do we? Who's who's burning in your head, Andrew? Who, who do you want to bring up next? Fox, your your boy is Damian Webb, right? I have drafted him almost every time. Yes. I didn't draft him this draft. He went too early. <laughs> yeah. I, I started st- stealing him from you. I think a little bit. I mean, um, but, but what do you think of the idea that there's not that much difference between how things could play out for him relative to like R- Rasheen Ali, except being in more competent offense. And I mean, he's going to probably get, somewhat less touches and he's made of glass, but just from a, I don't know. I feel like you could dream on scenarios of like similar usage, just given what, I mean, I've every time that Webb was hurt last year and every time I've had gotten to see another South Alabama running back touch the ball, it just feels like it's three yards and fall down. Um, so I would think that they're just going to like, they're just going to give him the ball as many times as they can in in conjunction with hitting uh, lots of passes to their pretty fun receiving core. Um, But I don't know, maybe that, maybe there aren't that many similarities actually, but just in terms, I could see like similar, just RB 
I don't know what the 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 metric would be called where he's just getting the numerator of touches relative to the RB room. Um, but him and Ali are both awesome uh, Sun, Sun Belt running backs in running back rooms where I would think that they're going to get lots and lots of uh, carries and catches. I I can buy that. Um, especially from like a rushing share perspective, right? So he had 56% backfield dominator last year. Um, you're looking for like above 54 for like kind of elite production, 21.5 weighted opportunities per game, two targets. Like th- those are really elite numbers. Those will get you like borderline RB one finishes. Plus he had a bunch of touchdowns. The question is basically, will the offensive line be good enough where he can run for like more yards per game, on the same number of carries. So can he be more efficient? They return all five starters. Um, I think they return five of their seven most experienced linemen on the team. Um, the receiving weapons are essentially a little bit worse because Jalen Wayne's gone. So can he get more than two targets per game? I don't know. The problem, the other problem is like this defense returns almost everybody except like Daryl Luter, who was fine, but like, the core of the defense is essentially back and there's going to be one of the best teams. So are you relying on um, production from the Russian game more so than Ali? Probably. And it's like, that's just a slightly scarier bet, but I mean, I'm drafting him everywhere. I love LaDamian Webb. He's like a top yeah. six running back for me. It's just, mean, I think Ali has that to, ceiling. Don't you need to view his season last year in terms of like first half, second half, given he just tried to play through nagging injuries. Like yeah. he was elite for the first half. Of the oh, season, I'm not, really. I'm not worried about, that at all like i oh i, I know like, i know exactly I mean, right like, i just mean through the prism of like okay i feel like i don't know i don't know how people do their analysis but when we're doing 2023 right we look back on 2022 we look at numbers in aggregate and we see where he finished like it, it's, it's like not the smartest way of doing it but a lot of people do right uh the idea of you look at how the last season's numbers you think it and you think about how that's going to translate to 2023 but his 2022 numbers i'm saying are skewed in the sense that he basically did go, was trash like down down the stretch last year because he's fighting through injuries, missing games, leaving games early, not getting prob- as many share as much of a share of uh, carries as he would have and was when he was healthy. Um, he was in the conversation for like top two, top three running back for the first couple months of the season overall, um, and you can argue he's like we can get him at a nice discount now because of how he finished twenty twenty two. Yeah, I think he goes too late. Like it, like yeah. you, you're taking him, you're stealing him from me. Um, I mean, I was taking him pretty clearly in the third round, and I was the one taking him in like the early third, which is where I think he should go. Yeah. Um, like there's no like I would much rather have him than. I mean, I'm just looking at our our current draft. Oh, I didn't. Well, whatever. I can be mean. Um, like I'd much rather have him over like Will Shipley. Say Bangora, maybe Trey Benson. Yeah, like I think I would just rather have him. I just think he's, I just think he has a ceiling higher than the majority of those guys. Um, and we're already, we already saw like he was hurt last year and he still posted like an elite backfield dominator. Like you want to see 54 plus in the 56 with injuries, with missing games, and all that stuff. Like he's going to be the starter there and heavily, heavily utilized like 25 plus touches per game is probably in his range of outcomes if he stays healthy. Yeah, I, think- I took I took Shipley there, and I would just say I was well, – I said I could be bit, mean. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was looking a little bit more for, like, a, just a good floor. I think the Clemson offense is going to be way more improved. And I think 
he's a victim of just being a very solid, a very good running back that has been around forever. So like people came in with this huge idea of what he could be. He's 85% of it. And now he's almost like being uh, unfairly hurt by it. But I mean, I certainly get the appeal with Webb. The upside is insane. I don't know if I believe the whole running back room thing being an issue, you know, yeah, sure. It's a lot of coach talk about all these other guys, but the guys we saw last year were not impressive at all. Um, so unimpressive that they made Webb that one game be like the third <laughs> down back. Remember he, when it was like anytime there was a big play, he was on the field, but every other touch that was just a random first and 10 would be the backups. I don't know how much I believe that. What about this? Like, what about the room being deep enough where they know they can just pound Webb, and if he gets hurt, they have guys that are viable behind him. So I think it could go both ways. I, I was, I was trying to say that everyone sucks in the running back room besides him. Maybe yeah, I, I would agree with that. Yeah, people are saying, and I listened to Jared on CTN this Uh-oh. morning. He had said, "Well, there's a lot <laughs> of coach talk about you know these other guys being really viable to good running backs." I don't believe it personally, but. The, my argument against that was what I said. So yeah. uh, I'm with you more, Andrew, than uh, these guys actually being good. Um, you kind of brought up, Andrew, a little bit of like, well, you know, are we looking at, you know, the first half of Webb and then going to, you know, it's much different than the second half. There's another running back in this conference that had basically three to four monster games and was very pedestrian in all the other games. Do you know who I'm speaking of? Kamani Vidal. Uh, actually, no, but maybe that rings true. I'm talking about Frank Gore, your huh. boy. Frank Gore, I don't know that it had the numbers in front of me. I did it a while back. Like, if you look at his season, he basically blew up the, the bowl game. He had a mm-hmm. monster game of the bowl game. It was so much fun to watch. And then he had maybe two or three other, like, legit games, and it was, like, 45% of his overall production. So are you, do you think, as a Gore truther over there, do you think we're going to see more of those four elite games? Or do you think he's a player that is just going to go ham for four games and you're going to just love it those four weeks and be okay the rest? So I'll, I'll give my answer and then you tell me at the end if, I'm cop, if it's a cop-out or not, because I think it might be a cop-out. My answer is that I think that his production – will be dictated by how much progress we're actually able to see within the quarterback room and offense at large. Uh, that one dude left Tykes, no, not Tykes, Trey Lowe left to go lose the job at Liberty, right? Tykes went to Juco. Not that like those guys were transcendent or anything, but now what do you have? You have Zach Wilkie uh, and some other guys who like, it, it, it seems we're in year three and I don't know if it's a good or bad thing to say that Will Hall has managed to win as many games as he has with just the most ridiculous QB room situation and outcomes. Bar none, I think, in the FBS, just the absurdity. Uh, and, like, we all love the, the super back. And it took, what, a quarter and a half for it to cut, to play out last year where Frank Gore was back playing quarterback in the in the Liberty uh, game week one. So, I mean, I don't – I don't know. I haven't read up too much on Southern Miss uh, and just progression uh, throughout the spring. You would think by year three, they should have something in the way of like actual quarterback developed. Uh, but 
I don't know how help, how hopeful I am there. Um, but I would think that that will dictate kind of what we're, what we see in terms of if we see like a smooth, just hot, low end RB one outcome for Frank Gore throughout the progression season, or if we see the spiky nature of last year, right, which I think would correlate more directly to the QB room being a mess. Um, is that a cop out or not? Yeah, it's a cop out. Okay. <laughs> we're here to predict what we're here to predict, you know, like, yeah, uh, I, th- I think there's some similarities with who we just talked about as well. Right. Like with South Alabama, it's like, OK, well, it felt like Southern Miss was always like, well, we're just are going to give the best player on the field. I mentioned that earlier with Will Hall is like he finds his best players and he's able to use them and he uses them a lot. He's like our dream. Right. He did that with Gore playing quarterback. The guy had like three or four passing touchdowns in like multiple years, I think. Uh, I think something like that. So like obviously he's willing to do that. But there have been talks about like the running back room being better. They got that transfer from uh, Memphis, Rodriguez Clark. I don't think he's any good, but there's more guys there. So couldn't you kind of argue, hey, well, you know, these other running backs are going to bite into that room and that share of touches like the same potential situation with Webb. I don't like Gore this year. I'm I'm with you. What why do you not like Gore? Uh so I thought Zach Wilkie was going to be the guy and then they're talking about like Billy Wiles who who the hell is Billy Wiles <laughs> transferring it. He's a walk-on at Clemson 2 years ago and now he's competing for the starting job. Like Wilkie got benched last year as well. Like he was a true freshman though, so like I I, I was fine with that. Uh, but super weird situation with the quarterback room. And then I hate this defense. Like, they, so they lost their defense coordinator to Florida, which good luck with the Southern Miss defense coordinator at Florida, Billy Napier. Um, and they lost six defensive starters, including like all conference players in Blake Shorts and Santra Latham. So I'm like, okay, well, the office is going to be probably just as bad because um, they also, right, they also lose um, uh, Jason, Javon Brownlee, Jason Brownlee. Yeah. One Javon or Jason, I don't remember. Jason. Um, at yeah, at receiver, and then they don't really bring anybody else in. Ty Mims is a year older, like Karius Casson's probably the one on the outs. Uh, he's also working on the inside. They don't really have an outside guy. Like, I just have no idea. What the, I don't want this offense to take a step back because I really like Will Hall, but I it scares me because I think this defense is gonna be pretty bad. And so, does Gore operate more in the passing game? Like, that's your, I think, the path to success for him or does he get 30 touches and it doesn't actually matter also also could happen also what's your takeaway from him coming back uh if like i feel like they're gonna have one of those just fun and to get by in heisman campaigns for him uh right like it's it kicked off right after the bowl game more or less but i think it is i'm sure he could have transferred to a different program and buy Garner. He could be, he could be a power five running back for sure. Yeah. So I don't know. I I would love to peek behind the curtain and know, and get a feel for like, what are the, what are, what are the promises Are the promises? We're going to help you put up obscene stats or we're just going to like use you in a way, maybe more in the passing game, but like to not, to not put too much tread on the tires because you obviously have NFL aspirations. I, I, maybe it's different for every player, but I think it's, a, it's interesting to think about. Yeah, I. he's just so weird because the game script can get so out of hand so quickly for them. Yeah. There were seven games out of the regular season last year where he had under 20, 20 rush attempts. Like 
that that scares me a little bit. And like he wasn't super involved in the passing game. I don't think in any of those he had more than uh, two catches. So like those weeks okay. is he unusable. But then you, it, if we're talking best ball, you're gonna get the 199, 200 yards and three games from him still. It's just can you get can you are you comfortable with that being your RB one? Because it's probably gonna be the, a very similar situation this year. Like Chris outlined, right? Like. There were only a handful of games he was really good, but he won you those weeks when he did. Right. And like very few players also have that upside. It's, He'll be involved it's, in the past. I don't game. know. He'll have to be because they only got like two receivers. He'll be the one throwing the ball. That's true. <laughs> That's true. I did. Yeah, he he seven for 14, 197 and, or 179 and three last year. It's pretty good. <laughs> All right. So who is the better quarterback? Frank or Malik Hornsby or Robbie Ashford, pure passer. Oh, pure passer. I, th- I think it's got to be Hornsby because I think he's the best arm of the three. But um, the ha- fact that we're having this conversation probably tells you all you need to know. <laughs> <laughs> Hornsby and uh, Gore both kind of do. I don't even know how to describe. It's that type of throwing motion. You like kind of cock it. It's too elbowy. It's like it's like this part of the arm doesn't even get used. It's just, <laughs> but it's like so, the tomahawk chop. The brain yeah, yeah, you can you can draw parallels between uh, Gore and Hornsby's throwing motion. So uh, that's exactly what you want to hear of a starting quarterback for your <laughs> program. Uh, all right, so we got about let's see, maybe ten or twenty minutes to stay to our typical guideline of of uh, our shows here. Who's like the biggest team we haven't talked about, Mox, that like you're really interested in, or there's a specific player or, or a hot topic from the offseason? Um I, I have two. Um one uh, let, let me go with the public service announcement because I'm tired of hearing this from people. So I hear all the time, this is going back to South Alabama. I hear for some reason now there's voices saying this, that Cullen Lacey is like a great arbitrage play on Devin Vossen. Like what, what are y'all looking at? This dude had 7.1 yards per catch. It only operates in the slot. He got incredibly lucky last year and his yards per reception went up five over the previous three years in the system. This dude is a slot receiver who operates within like five yards of the line of scrimmage. That's his role. He does not have the upside of an outside wide receiver like Boston does, who's stepping to the Jalen Wayne role. He got the number five, which is like an incredibly important number to have in the program because it, it's like significant to uh, one of the guys who lost his life, a uh, football player. And like, so they give it to someone who like they think is, exemplifies on field and off field excellence. Like, I don't want to hear about Colin Lacey being a good arbitrage play anymore. This dude, this dude is going to run like five yard button hooks the whole game. I'm just, I'm tired. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it. I hear it a lot now. I, love I don't like it. Hey, let's uh, let's wrap things up and talk about someone new, and you just go back to the team that we already talked about. Who's the second? I know it was passionate. I can't help it. Who is the other player or team that you were thinking about? Because you said you had two, right? Yeah, I uh, I think Georgia State's probably one that we can talk about because I like two players on the team a lot. I think Darren Granger is probably the most underrated quarterback in college fantasy currently. Um, and I'm guilty of this. Like I'm the lowest of him on campus can, and I need to adjust my ranking, but like I feel like 26.3 fantasy points per game last year. They attempted 70 more passes than he did in 2021. The defense is substantially worse. They hire a defense coordinator who from the guy from coastal who the coastal defenses were terrible. Like I, you could do better than that. Sean Elliott. Um, they lose two all Sunbelt corners in 
Craven White and um, and Tavis Lane. So the passing defense is going to be horrendous again. I think there's so much upside for Granger. They also lose Jemias Williams and Tucker Gregg, so he can take more of the rushing share. I'm not a huge fan of Carroll or Adams. I just like I just really like Granger's upside this year, and I love his wide receiver one Eddie Eddie not Eddie Lewis Robert Lewis other Lewis. Uh, I drafted him, I think, in every one of our best balls. And I don't see him going in any of the drafts. I just think he can step right into the Jamari Thrash role and thrive. And he's essentially no competition for targets. And he was really good. Really, really good through the first four weeks, too. He had 70 yards per game. And then you compare last year's non-conference schedule to this year's non-conference schedule. And last year, yeah, we didn't know how bad the UNC defense was going to be. But against your game, Cox and Army. And this year, it's like... They, they open with, it, I forget who it is. It's like FCS, horrible team, Charlotte, and like UConn or something. The first oh, yeah. It's Rhode, it's Rhode Island week one. Yeah, beautiful ramp up for him. Even though, like, they, they drew, uh, as opposed to Louisiana, I feel like they drew a really bad draw for the conference schedule. But still, I yeah, I'm with you. I've been taking Granger in a bunch of our best balls just because it, it doesn't make any sense. Like, when I want to... Uh, a QB between like round 16 and 20. He's always there and let's do it. He's he's going at quarterback 52 in the ADP of the leagues that Jared currently runs. Um, like, I mean, is there, I don't want to say safe because nothing's probably safe, yeah. but like his floor is almost a quarterback two or at least a top 30 quarterback. Like you're not getting it's, that elsewhere. It's a, it's, I think that the QB is super deep. So I think, relatively we think that's the case but it might drop a little bit but i'd say top 40 for sure um, for sure it's just a lot of it's the running aspect to it he's a good enough passer with some good weapons they're gonna score a lot of points and you get to root for him on tuesdays in october this year which will be fun <laughs> so um but yeah andrew i know I you had that. kind of you had kind of mentioned andrew in some pre-notes pre-show notes that uh are we targeting Granger? Or are we targeting the running backs? Did you have an opinion on that? Yeah, I um, I think it's Granger. Um, the running backs, it's they're going to do the two back thing, right? I, I mean, I and I don't know. The only one I've drafted so far from the team is Granger, and I'm happy to just kind of take him when I'm. I'm always targeting quarterbacks around there. Um, this draft we're doing right now I actually went and paid up for quarterback for like first time I think all season but um usually I'm grabbing lots of quarterbacks in between like rounds uh 15 25 and he's there and he's one of the ones that I like to land yo the only uh so pre pre-show notes um the, I, there's 14 teams in this conference uh I have notes for all of them except for one because I I couldn't think of a single thing Do you, can you guess who it is ULM, yeah, yeah. What is there to say? I don't. I don't know. I, I, I really don't know either. That was the team that I had the least about. I just have no idea what to expect from that offense this year. Fab Franklin is the transfer from Miami, right? The running back. Yeah, Thaddeus. Interesting. Thaddeus. Thaddeus Franklin. Thaddeus Franklin. I don't know what to think of that because, that, like, I thought he looked. That's a good running back name. Here. Yeah. I mean, so I name I value, what, it's up there. Yeah, mm-hmm. sure. What is their offense supposed to be? Dude, I have you no idea. You still have that dude, Matt Cuban, <laughs> who was like the 
who was their OC and then came back? Like, or did is that dude? Is he still there as their OC? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, when he was rehired, right? The idea was, oh, he like he coached Gerard Evans. Like, it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be throwing the ball around, running the quarterback around, and then like I don't know. I feel like last year was just nothing really good or interesting happened. I mean, Jaya Wright, who's probably gonna be the starting quarterback, right? Is is I was gonna say G five. Well, now G five. He's like G five Dollar General Dollar Store. Um, you picked it out of the trash can, John Reese Plumley. Like he's 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 super athletic. Like he can run. That's kind of all he can do, though. I but don't. I, I just I don't, don't have know about this this offense. They're you got to think the game script will be good for him, right? <laughs> They're going to be down a bunch. It just but if he's just an athlete that can't pass, they have one of the best names in college football, in my opinion, and Bugs Mortimer. I just think that's an incredible name. But besides that, I just don't. I got not much here. Um, Tyrone, Tyrone Howell had like 900 yards last year, like 850 yards last year. So like, he's probably worth drafting in like holding, maybe holding your nose and something Something at the end. Yeah. But like, you're probably going to get a couple weeks where he gets, gets you 101 just based on game script alone. They brought in nine, nine Davis too. Um, who couldn't really carve out a role on a Utah state team that really needed wide receivers last year. So he was competing with Terrell Vaughn, though. And no that's one's, true. No one's besting Terrell Vaughn. Dude, this conference is too interesting. There's like five awesome teams that we haven't talked about, and because we're probably just not going to for time, time constraints reasons. I, lo- I spon- love this conference. The sponsors only paid for an hour and change of worth of programming this week. Um, is, it, is it weird that, like, I think two or three years ago, we would have probably started with App State and we haven't said one thing about them? Is that weird to you guys? I don't really like their offense this year, so no. It just well, I'm just saying. It feel in years past, it was like App State was always the team we talked about, you know, because they just had so many great running backs and always producers, and they just and won a ton of games. And now it feels just different. It's it's funny too because like essentially the band is back together. Like they brought Frank Ponce back at offense coordinator. They brought Scott Sloan back at defense coordinator. Sean Clark is still the head coach, but the personnel just hasn't matched what you want to see from this program. Like they didn't bring any transfers. They had like, they didn't bring a transfer quarterback in. They brought in some interesting transfers at receiver and running back, but like, they're going to run more. Like they don't have a chase Bryce. Like this offense just isn't interesting. So the, the coaches that you mentioned are back. What do you mean by, so were they previously coaches at App State and they left and now they're back? Yeah. I think Sloan was defense coordinator from 2010 to 2016 and 17. And then Frank Ponce was there for a while. Um, was he, was he uh, on the offensive side? Yeah, he he okay. was at Miami last year. Which, like, take of that what you will, but he was there, and he and he was the uh, offensive coordinator, quarterback coach for Malik Cunningham, his freshman or sophomore season. So, like, he's he's done some quarterback development. He also worked like closely with Chase Bryce when he was at App State previously. So, like, a guy like Ryan Berger, who I think is going to start at quarterback and has like some rushing abilities, pretty interesting if you're in like a fifty round twenty fourteen league. <laughs> I, in one of our dynasty leagues, I grabbed like three of their running backs at the end of the year, knowing that like a couple would move on. And I'm like, oh, I'll end up with the RB1. And I'm have I'm A, it's probably not that interesting given the trajectory. And B, I'm pretty sure I that who are, none of those guys are actually going to be valuable. 
Uh, like the, the App State RB1, it feels like it's pro- uh, maybe a thing of the past in terms of like, all right, that's a thing to lock on to from a fancy perspective. Nate Noel is only like what, like 185 pounds? Like he can't be the true RB1 either. Like they brought all the guys in that roster, are like 185 to like 195. I, I think Amani. Armani Marshall's maybe a little bit bigger, but like they brought in Mikel Haywood, who I really like, but not a feature back. Kanye Roberts is a little bit bigger, but like I don't think he's very good. It's like who's who's breaking out here? I have no idea. So the answer is probably nobody. Uh, Arkansas State used to be super fun from a fantasy perspective. Corey Rucker is back, assuming he's eligible. Is he the only player that you're looking at drafting, or is this just a no go, a no fly zone? Ugh, man, I. All right, I'm gonna get real sick here. Um, so they brought in a transfer from UT Martin, Zach Wallace, who's like six foot two twenty. He had a thousand yards and sixteen touchdowns in eleven games last year. Thirty one touchdowns in his last two seasons. Led the spring game rushers with sixty yards. He's gonna be the RB one. Yes, the offensive line was 129th in average line yards last year, but bringing three big time transfers. Two from Ole Miss, uh, a really high-end guy, Jacob Bayer from Lamar. They really like the way that this unit came together in spring. They're all over 300 pounds. They're probably the biggest line in the Sun Belt. I'm just saying, a guy like Zach Wallace has potential. Does your wife is that mouth? Can I get it? (laughs) Go. Is JT Shroud, White Joe Milton, Rocket Arm. White Joe Milton. No idea where it's going. Probably getting so- shoulder surgery since his shoulder was so messed up. Maybe that fixes the accuracy, and he just hits Rucker deep. Do you think? Do you think he's going to be the guy? Because I have no idea if it's going to be him or Jackson Daly. Like I've I've been operating that it's Daly, but why, why he, not AJ Meyer? Is he even there? Is he? No, he can't be there. Still, he can't I don't think he's there. Still. Oh, he's, he's gone. <laughs> I was going to Jack, Jackson Daly was actually someone that our recruiting team liked. Last year is like a G five quarterback, so he's. No, a, I think Shroud's he's horrible. an interesting guy. Um, so I'm sure. I, hopefully, it's not him. But there, the connect. He has the Butch Jones connection, right? So maybe he just gets a nod. That's that's true. Um, I I hope Rucker's healthy because he had that ankle injury all last year that messed him up at South Carolina. Like he never got to play. And the only other note I have in this passing game was that Jeff Foreman, he's in his fifth, sixth year, fifth year, <laughs> one of one of the two, right? He added 20 pounds in the offseason after being 170. Like, you don't really do that as, like, a fifth-year player when you're, like, only 170. I thought that was super bizarre. But, like, now he's six foot 190. So do with do with that information what you will. But uh, I, I don't know. I kind of like Zach Wallace if you think the offensive line is going to be a little bit better. You made a good argument for it. Third, yeah, you know, do do with that information what you will. Yeah, someone will have to draft some belt players in that 50 teamer that happens every summer. So if, if you partake in it, you will be forced to do it. True. One group of people will be forced to do it. Uh, one team I really truly feel like I have no grasp on is James Madison, which feels like it's going to come back to haunt me this season because it feels mm-hmm. like how many of those guys last year were super pivotal to playoff teams and were just best ball winners. It's like a four man race for quarterback, right? It's a two-man race. I think they've narrowed it down. Jordan McLeod and uh, Redshirt, Redshirt freshman Alonzo Bur- Barnett. Okay. Who I really like, Alonzo Barnett. Just probably not this year. See, he is kind of like uh, 
Zion Chris or Zion Chris too, like a super athletic, um, great rusher in high school. He played in pretty bad competition and they didn't throw a whole lot, but like 16.1 yards per attempt and then 36 to five touchdown interception ratio. Very, very good athlete. Like he's pretty interesting. I think he can get on the field this year too. Like he's a player that I'm drafting in dynasty, but I don't know if I want to take Jordan McLeod. Like I saw Jordan McLeod play at Arizona. Like that was not an attractive quarterback. That's my concern is it's like if if it's a competition with the same Jordan Clown that I'm thinking of, McLeod that I'm thinking of, then I don't know how great these other options are. Maybe they're just a year early. The the first first play of the spring game, he hit Reggie Brown for like a 70-yard bomb. That makes you feel any better. He'll, I mean, he'll be the RB1, right? Or wide receiver one. Like there's really no competition in that room. They have another Monmouth guy, Terrence Green Jr., Monmouth transfer. He's still there? I think so. All he's right. Still in, he's still in fan tracks, the arbiter of eligibility. Oh, yes. <laughs> of of course. The I, I I mean, you're probably right though. Like this offense is probably going to do something because they return all five starters in the offensive line. So like there's consistency there. There's not a lot of change at the coordinator position. Like Signetti's still the off the head coach. Um so like I think Kalen Black could be interesting at running back. I think he's probably the best running back on the team. I think he could be second in the team in receptions this year. Like he had 2.6 yards per route run. Um, he was just rehabbing an ACL last spring that he toured 2021. So you didn't get to see him do anything. And plus like Percy Jaya BCA was there. So you weren't going to see him have a big role anyway, but I, I kind of like Kalen Black. Like I've drafted him once or twice this off season. So like, I think someone could do something, especially with a healthy offensive line. Okay. I don't know. Uh, I think we, I think we wrap this thing up with our, our new, thought that we had we we missed on the big 10 but we wanted to ask you mox and then andrew i'll go to you what's the number one thing you're most confident in for the sunbelt i'm gonna stick with darren granger and i'm gonna say he outperforms his adp substantially i like it what is his adp did you say it earlier uh he's going at quarterback 54 in or 52 in jared's campus can adp and you I think, think he's going he higher in our best. You think he could be in the twenties, so. right? You think yeah. so that's a pretty big jump. I like that one. It's it's big and I think it makes a lot of sense. Andrew, what about you? Brin Davis Brin averages three hundred and fifty eight passing yards again. I mean, just hopefully just doesn't get hit. What's <laughs> hopefully their offensive line is is good. Uh I will cop out and take a super easy one. Rashina Lee is gonna be the number one player in the conference. CFF purposes. That's like the only thing I feel confident. That tells you how much I have no confidence in anything else. So I'll go with that. No doubt. Well, Mox, we appreciate you hopping on. Do you want to give kind of an idea of where uh, people can find you, where you do your work? Because you do a lot of different... We need to move this, this up to the beginning of the show. Jared did this too and felt awful when he did it to me. At the time, I didn't realize. I was like, <laughs> dude, I don't, I don't care. Like, it doesn't matter. But now that you, we... we uh, I'll take the blame with you. Now that we do this to everyone, I think we, we do need to move it up earlier. I did say campus to Canton uh, just to start for Mox. So okay. that you did, up. but I I will take that feedback and wait <laughs> and go to management and see what they think. Um, it doesn't bother me either. I I really don't. I really don't care. But yeah, I mean, you can find everything I do at campus to Canton. Um, I'm writing a bunch of articles currently, a bunch of different off season strategy topics and and team previews and and whatnot and we're wrapping up our cff guide that comes out july 4th so i'm really excited for to drop that but 
honestly, everything I do is over at the camp scan feed and on the website or, you know, got a bunch of podcasts on the YouTube page and uh, videos. So check, check those out as well. And your Twitter account. Cause I don't have the, the names showing. So give them your, Twitter uh, Chris Moxley, 19. Perfect. Perfect. Well, we appreciate you hopping on. I mean, I think we had a great start with big 10 and I think you kept it rolling. And I just every single person that I feel like at some point in the show, will will show off why we chose him. And your Zach Wallace piece really nailed it. So I, that was your one shining moment. So I appreciate that. But that and all the defensive, uh, the scary the individual defender uh, call outs. Dude, thank you so much for coming on, man. This was awesome. Yeah, absolutely. I'm happy to uh, happy to be here. And I'm excited to listen to the rest of the uh, rest of the conferences. Awesome. Well, hope everybody has a great week. Uh, keep looking forward to, to doing more of these with you guys and we'll chat soon.